Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, with everything going on in the United States, how likely is it Republicans will take back the Senate? While the general ballot has them ahead slightly, a lot depends on the candidates, the messaging strategy, and how they roll that out to not just registered voters, has to be to likely voters. Uh, always be careful when you see polls that have just registered voters. Uh, that's not the way you should ever do a head-to-head poll. Polls uh, have to be done with likely voters or they really don't have uh, any validity, uh, unless it's a, just an opinion poll. If you want to know how many people think the sky's blue or what the feeling is about the Utah Jazz or something like that, uh, opinion polls, you can you can pretty much poll anybody. Uh, but when you're polling races, and as we look closer and closer at races across the country, you have to get to registered voters. So, again, that's one of those things where if you looked at the top line, and it doesn't matter if this is a Democratic poll or a Republican poll, uh, I have pollster friends across the political spectrum. Uh, and sometimes it's easy to look at a headline and say, oh, my goodness, this race is so tight, it's so close, or so-and-so is pulling way ahead. But then you look down and it says a poll of 500 registered voters like wah 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 uh, you got to get to the likely voters because registered voters don't necessarily vote and, and if you have any question of that so take for example uh california just had their primary a little bit before utah had its primary uh, in the california primary if you had done a poll on registered voters uh, your numbers and your results would have been very different than if you did likely voters. And there's ways to tell that someone is a likely voter. You just look at their history. How likely are they to actually show up? How enthused are they? How engaged are they? And in California, 17% of registered voters showed up to vote. So can you see the difference? If if your sample is only 17% of of those voters uh, or a small percentage and you're looking at a big mass number of the other 83%, uh, you got big problems. Uh, and so we have to get to the the numbers have to be the numbers because you can make numbers say just about anything you want. So the question is going to be very interesting rolling into the fall. Obviously, the Democrats are defending uh, seats, and they're trying to maintain at least a 50-50, which gives them the majority by way of the president. The, excuse me, the vice president sitting in the chair and being the deciding vote. Uh, so if you look at those, of course, the the main places we've been watching and keeping our eye on uh, are places like Arizona, Georgia. Uh, I think those are going to be the <clears throat> the two most uh, crucial races. You also have interesting races in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. Uh, so all of those are going to come down to, uh, again, handful of votes here, handful of votes there. But the question really is, how does this all play out? Where's the momentum, if any? Uh, again, we talked about the fact that it comes down to candidate and messaging and engaging the likely voters. So in Georgia, uh, I would actually, if I had to handicap Georgia right now, uh, I would actually say that the Democrat, the incumbent, uh, Raphael Warnock, probably has the advantage. He is the incumbent. This is his first reelect for a full term. Uh, but he also is facing a fairly weak and gaff-prone candidate in Herschel Walker. And so that gives him an an advantage. And some people say, yeah, but the president's numbers are so far down. Uh, The interesting thing is the president's numbers are so far down. uh, I think there's a little bit of insulation there for candidates. 
Uh, and we've seen this uh, in other races. We saw this uh, during uh, George W. Uh, w. Bush's campaigns. Uh, that there was a period where his numbers were really low, but uh, congressional Republicans did fine. There was sort of a disconnect between the president and the fact that uh, I'm a Republican. So many Democrat pollsters are saying this could be that for the Democrats. People could say, yeah, I'm not thrilled with the president right now, but I am a Democrat and I am going to vote for Democratic candidates down the ticket. So that will be very interesting to watch. Now, I think one of the challenges is going to be sort of the positioning of things. And obviously, the numbers are off the charts in terms of the right track, wrong track question uh, when it comes to voters. And again, likely voters in particular. That's that's the real crucial thing. And and then the, the next question will be, well, what do congressional Democrats in the House and the Senate really look at in terms of their messaging strategy? Uh, I think the uh, second lady, uh, Jill Biden, was not especially helpful uh, to the president or to Democrats uh, as she was at a fundraising dinner over the weekend. And always remember, every device is a recording device. Every mic is an open mic, as we learned as we opened the show today. Even when you can't hear it, it's still on. And Jill Biden uh, kind of went through a series of excuses for the reason as to why President Biden hasn't been able to accomplish some of his objectives and the things that he promised and things that he ran on during the course of his presidential campaign. And sadly, I think she pointed out where most of the angst is amongst Democrats and more importantly for the fall election, independents. Uh, the president only has a 27 percent approval rating with independents across the country. And as Joe Biden kind of laid out, well, you know, he had to deal with the pandemic and then he had to deal with Vladimir Putin and then he had to deal with. Uh, inflation and then he had to deal and there's all these things so he couldn't do what he wanted to do and I don't think that was helpful because the one major criticism that I hear about the administration as a whole from those on the left and on the right insiders they say it's the inability to do more than one thing at once it's the inability to take in new information and whether that's economic news whether that's pandemic news whether that's things going on on the hill uh, you have to have this ability to rapidly process. You have to be able to observe. You have to be able to to decide and decipher what that is. You got to make a plan from there, and then you got to act and you got to communicate it. And that seems to be the biggest challenge for the Biden administration is this inability to rapidly take in information, changing circumstances, either create or modify a plan or a strategy communicate it, execute it, and then you do it all over again. And so Jill Biden, I think, was not helpful to the president uh, by making a lot of excuses that uh, there's just all these unforeseen things, that every time the president wanted to do one thing, he had to deal with another. Well, that's actually the job. That is the job of the president, of either, again, political parties don't matter. It's the job. The job is every president Every president comes into office thinking we are going to just laser focus right here at home, domestic issues, our economy, our jobs, our people. And then they find out within the first nanosecond uh, that there's the rest of the world out there and that we're very involved in the rest of the world. And American leadership matters to the rest of the world in so many different things. And then you have all of the other things that come on that you just can't plan for. 
or that you just can't say, oh, we're waiting for this to happen today because all of the unexpected is expected and it is the job. And so sadly, I think the uh, the second lady, or excuse me, the first lady undercut uh, the president because because she was making excuses rather than saying, this is how we're do- dealing with this. This is how we're dealing with that. And this is where we're going next. I actually think if the president made that case, the American people would be much more forgiving, much more understanding, and much more likely to buy in a vision for what's next. And that is the art of the possible. And how you communicate that matters. And I think the president is going to see, uh, and I will reiterate that between now and the first Tuesday of November, uh, is 27 light years away in political terms. You could have things happen that would suddenly make it a landslide victory for Democrats. You could have things that will make it a landslide victory for Republicans. Now, reality, current, current situation is that the Republicans have the tailwinds, Democrats have the headwinds, and how they navigate those, how Republicans make take advantage of that, how Democrats defend, will be the difference in the end. And a lot of it will be how well do they communicate where they're leading. We'll continue to break that down. Time for top of the hour news. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources. We'll be right back. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all-day companion for news.